Hey, welcome to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. This is your host, Cyrus Alderwood. Uh, today is July 2nd, 2021. want to wish everybody listening uh, a happy early uh, 4th of July. Enjoy the weekend. Have some burgers, hot dogs, a few beers. Enjoy friends and family, folks. This is what this time of year is about. This weekend, we have a, a really uh, lucky to get uh, Jimmy Presley back with us. We tried to uh, tease the uh, episode before, and we had some audio issues last time that was all on me. Uh, so this time, we got Jimmy back. Uh, Jimmy is uh, an author of a book called A Bloody Halloween and has been very active with uh, a lot of independent uh, horror films over the last uh, couple, three years. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for coming back on to the Gonzo Chronicles. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, certainly. It's a little uh, bit cooler here tonight for the first time in a week, so I'm enjoying that. Yeah, you know, I know. I'm, uh, we're kind of in the same region, um, and uh, it's. I think the the high today was like 75. Tomorrow's high is 71, and it's July 3rd. You know, go figure. But I'll take it, man. It's it's an early fall, and I'll, I'll I enjoy me that. Too. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, me too. I'm ready. Believe me. Yeah. Before we get into, uh, you, you're involved in quite a few uh, independent horror films, but before we jump into those, I wanted to just kind of. Uh, briefly touch on uh, your book that you have out. It's on Amazon. It's called A Bloody Halloween, and it's uh, it's you know, involving these teenagers. Um, I, without giving too much away, tell us a little bit about this book and how that story came about for you. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, well, it's just a simple little story that I made up sitting with my kids by the campfire. I evolved it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's about, uh, <laughs> excuse me, a boy named Scott and uh, his family and his girlfriend. Um, and they, they are, they just have a, uh, your average, uh, slasher movie kind of a couple of days. And it's fun though. There's a lot of mystery and a lot of atmosphere. And, you know, it takes place in 1993, uh, which I love. I love the eighties and early nineties. And I tried to get that vibe in there early on. So you could just kind of, hope it sank in with you you know and you just followed it on through but you know if not it's just it's your general you know scary tale and i i like it a lot of people seem to like it you know enough i'm i don't uh i, I told you just before when we were chatting i said i don't ever claim to be the greatest writer in the world but i think it's a fun little story and i'm i'm glad people like it yeah it is a fun story uh i, I bought it on kindle and uh, really enjoyed it you, you told it from the point of view of the teenager though how hard was that to, to write from that perspective? Um, you know, being, you know, obviously you have yeah. four kids of your own, you know, you haven't been a teenager in a long time. How hard was it to write from that? <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't too hard, honestly. I kind of, uh, I based uh, the main character whose point of view it's being told from uh, a lot on me as far as how I was in that time period and, uh, and kind of how I still am today. So it's a big mix of just me. Um, in a lot of ways. And so it was almost like I was telling the story, you know, like I was there and I've, I've always lived for, so it was, it was kind of like, just like I was making my own little movie with little fake characters to my side. And it, that's what it felt like, you know? So it was really easy, honestly. And I love that. Now the, the town in the book, did you base that off of your hometown? Yeah, well, no, um, it's, uh, it's definitely in East Tennessee. I made it up, but 
uh, Roberts Grove. It was named after my uh, my stepfather, uh, Robert Presley. He he was my uh, he just he passed away about a year before the book came out. But um, I just I thought I would honor him because he was such a big uh, pillar and person in my life. Uh, you know more than my own dad was, and some of that was my fault. Some of that was his fault. We don't have to get into that. But uh, yeah, so Roberts Grove is just. Your fictional little, the town, basically it's the kind of town I'd want to live in, you know, uh, if I had a choice. Not too small, not too big, but, you know, just nice and friendly, and that's what I hope I, I got across. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a, you know, kind of a cozy town. It kind of reminded you of, like, Eisenhower's America, something from the 50s that was uh, kind of kind of had that innocence. But then again, you have this story, this horror story that takes place. And these kids, and when you say it's a struggle for survival, it really was, for these kids, a struggle for survival. But yet you kept the book kind of reined in so it's not necessarily for a you know, mature audience. Like uh, teenagers can read this, um, young adults can read this and, and feel comfortable with this too. Being a fan of horror, was it hard to keep it reined in to, for that audience? Well, I, you know, I grew up reading a lot of R.L. Stein books and uh, Christopher Pike, and they, they could get pretty intense, but they kept it just at that level, you know, where it was okay for the younger audience. And I'm, and so I, that's, I think that's where I drew it from. Um, I'm, having a, I'm actually writing book two right now, which I hope's not giving away too much, but uh, I'm having a lot more trouble because, like, the guy's really pissed off now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a... So far, I've only written seven chapters, but it's just like, good lord, this is, I'm gonna have to put like an adult label on this one. I mean, it's, it's a lot different. And I, I can't quite fix it. I can't rein it in enough. For some reason, it just don't feel right. Uh, well, being a writer myself, you, you gotta go with what feels right, cause if you don't, the reader will catch, will catch that right away. You know, it comes across as not being genuine. But, you know, I'm a fan of the same time frame of horror, that genre. And when you do write horror, it's it is hard not to lean toward that dark, sinister side because we you know we grew up on the slasher films, you know Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, you know any of the Stephen King films that came out that were kind of dark and, and macabre. So it's yeah, it is. Um, that's what I thought was fun about it. It was nostalgic at the same time. I wanted to ask you about the book cover though. Did you do the art yourself? Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that because this is just something. Uh, my friend, uh, her name is Shelly Chamberlain. Uh, her her Facebook name uh, she uses uh, Shell Marie. Um, I just happened to tell her about the book because she's a uh, she's been wanting to try writing too, and she's uh, an artist. And I had seen her work, and it was nothing like my book cover. But um, I was like, you know, I've got this idea, and I drew out this sketch. I'm like, if I look, or if you look at this. Um, you think you could do something with this? Because, you know, I didn't know anybody. And I said, uh, the only credit, I mean, the only thing I could do, because I didn't expect any sales at all, hardly, which is still the case. But I was like, you know, I can give you credits uh, inside the book and on the back. And, you know, a link where people can reach you. And she did it. And I really loved the art style. And she actually has a, my next two books, like Bloody Halloween 2, and there's another book uh, that's already finished uh, that I'm working on editing. It's like a drama. She's already done the cover for that, too, in the same kind of art style. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to show everybody that just to kind of uh, 
express how happy I am uh, uh, because well, well the, the reason I say I'm happy is because also I, we, uh, me and I, Bobby, who did the script in my first book, we've already agreed that uh, whoever wants to film it, I, we want them to hang up uh, some of Shelley's uh, art in the film, even if they're just prints, you know, that we print out, uh, just as kind of a way of saying thank you. So that that's how that all happened. It was just a coincidence, but I, I love it. I love her art. Yeah, it's amazing when you know somebody that can actually have a vision to fit the story. And yeah, I was kind of curious about the book cover. Uh, I meant to ask that uh, last time we talked, but I'm glad I remembered this time. Um, now you say you uh, you and a friend wrote a script, so you've wrote a movie script of a bloody Halloween. Yeah, well, he did. I I, I tried for years to write uh, scripts of all kinds, and uh, I didn't even try with this. I was I, I reached out to my friend Troy. Elky, uh, I was like, uh, you like this book? I'm like, uh, I said, you know a lot of people. I said, you know anybody that has free time that might like this book enough to turn it to a script for me? And he's like, you know, I don't know, but I'll put up a post. And uh, within not but within a week, I guess, uh, someone, one person responded to that post, and uh, it was Bobby High. And we've become good friends, and he's really grown in the indie horror community, too, as far as... Uh, Helping produce and share stuff, and, and he did it. Like he got the story. We talked uh, every day for a month, and he nailed it. And uh, some people I've given it to, they don't get it, like the narration or uh, this or that. But uh, you know, I try to explain. Well, this is kind of the way the book was, and you know, just in case we're, we're trying to work on another version of the script, kind of cuts the narration some and just straightforward. But I, I just don't think I'd be satisfied unless they used Bobby's, uh, this original script based on the book. I mean, he, he done some stuff, uh, some stuff that wasn't in the book or he had to twist it around because some things are better read where you have to, you know, you have to, you know yourself, you have to alter it to, to be made visual. And, um, he did a great job and I, I love the script. Every time I read it, I get goosebumps. And that's weird considering it's so much of my own work just right in there. They just altered it enough that it just blows my mind. Well, yeah, I'd, uh, hopefully you guys will get some traction with that. And before we jump into the, the indie horror movies that you've been involved with, I noticed on your Amazon page, um, now people can get the paperback or the Kindle for a bloody Halloween, but you also had a couple other books out called The uh, the Oracle Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, they were the, uh, the Oracle Chronicles was the first book um, I did, and that was a 15, uh, 16 year journey of me trying to learn how to write and get the feel of how I wanted to write. And, uh, the first one, I'm not really, I'm happy with it because it's really good. It's really well written. But my, the copy editor I got for that, she's like, I'm going to do one book. I'm going to show you and tell you everything I know. And she took it and edited my final draft and she put in a lot of stuff. And she's like, well, this is it, you know, learn from this. And I just couldn't pick up her way of writing. So when The World Chronicles 2 came out, um, I think <clears throat> it was either right before or right after Bloody Halloween. I was just like, I wrote it my way. So they're like completely different uh, styles of writing. And and that's why, because uh, she was trying to teach me. So I'm actually going to, uh, through and trying to dumb it down, as I say, <laughs> because it's just too, it's just not my style. But she's great. And I give her all the credit in the world, but. So that, that's the story of them. I mean, one took a long time to get done for learning, and then 
the other two are what they are, and you know I've got two more coming out, and they just are what they are. So I hope people like them. Yeah, because you you uh, you know the the chronicles those are uh, fantasy, you know. So that's a little different genre, obviously, right, than what yeah. you did with the horror. Um, so it's you know it's impressive when somebody can write yeah. in different genres. And, um, you yeah, know, so it was kind of cool to see that. Well, yeah. I, that's what, yeah, I was going to say, I, I tried to, I think I've got such a, a mind for fantasy. As much, I've got just as much of a mind for it, I mean, as I do horror. So for some reason, when I start writing, it just flows. Like, and, and, that, and that's, the weird thing is, is one of the other upcoming books coming out, like I said, it's more of a drama thriller. So I was just I was testing my hand at that too to see how I could do, and so I'm I'm hoping maybe I can you know nail one of them, but if not, I can always I can fall back on horror anytime. Now I wanted to ask as far as the independent horror films, we'll get into some of those films. I did notice one that had a a movie poster or cover already out that had this this vicious looking wolf on. It's probably one of the coolest posters that art that I've seen in a long time. Uh, what what film was that, and and what are you doing on that? Yeah, uh, Werewolf Cabal or Cabal, as some people say. Um, yeah, I just helped him promote it. So um, I I didn't have money uh, to put into that film at the time. Its uh, campaign was going big and strong, so I just told him his name's Chris Sanders. Uh, I worked with him on a couple of uh, short films, uh, Blood Prison and The Haunted Couple, and I said, you know what? I said, I love that poster so much. I said, I, I said I'm going to reach out to people. I said, I'm going to share it. And I probably didn't share it as much as I could have because I got so involved with other movies. But I reached out and shared so many people just because uh, I believe I've seen the work he can do. But that poster was just so great. I felt like a kid back in the 80s or the early 90s going into the movie store where you go to the, especially the horror section when you just see the cover and you didn't know whether that movie was going to be garbage or the best thing you'd ever seen, but just because the cover looks so good, you had to go, you know, check it out. Yeah. So that, that's the story there, but I, I wish Chris all the luck in the world. Yeah. I mean, he gave me a, like a special thank you on it, and I appreciate that, but he, yeah, I think it's going to be really good stuff. Now, what else are you working on right now? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm trying to keep uh, my plate a little less full. So I've got, I'm working on um, uh, Halloween Evil Lives. My friend Michael, uh, his friend Jared, passed away before they could work on it together. So he, he, he reached out to a good friend of mine, Rob Mahoney, who pointed him my way. And we've kind of just jumped on board as official producers. We're like really working hard to get that one done. Um, but I think it's going to be awesome. I love the story. And, um, of course, everybody's seen Valentine Bluffs and um, the Sawyer Massacre. I'm helping... Uh, produce both of those and heavily promoting. Um, I, I just got on a film with Chase Dudley uh, called Locked In. Uh, it's really into it's really big into human trafficking and, and scary stuff. And I just think uh, Chase is going to kill it. Uh, and I, I'm good friends with his uh, one of his actresses, Amber Don Fox, who was in The Walking Dead, and she had done Beast in the Field with Chase. So uh, I believe in Chase and that. And of course, uh, Sam Hodge, who just got married to his lovely wife, Jonna Hodge. They're working on The Hag Witch, which I'm a part of. And he gave me the script. I'm helping him produce it. 
I think it's a great original story, and I can't say any more than that. I just there's one thing I wish I could say that I think would attract people to it, but uh, I just can't say it yet. But I, I really love the script. It's so it's it's original. It's not original, but it's original, kind of like my story. You know, it's kind of been done in a way, but not done this way. So, um, you know, again, the Hagwitch. And, of course, uh, Victor No More with that Bobby Heckman. It's another <clears throat> love, letter, love Letter Friday the 13th fan film. He starts filming that in July. Um, I'm, a, I'm helping him produce that. Um, and it's, uh, I think he's shooting for a fall release. Uh, but those are all, I mean, I see it's, my plate is just like, it's crazy full, but I think those are all the really active ones I'm on right now. And um, there's one more. It's called Go Away. Uh, Dave Kerr, uh, Michael McGlynn, and uh, their wives, girlfriends, uh, Amber and Jamie Wiseman, uh, they're doing that. Uh, and it's got Felissa Rose, Tom Matthews, Tuesday Night from A Nightmare Down Street. Um, I, I think it's going to be great. I'm helping them produce that, too. And... Uh, it's a kind of an invasion horror story, a uh, home invasion kind of thing. And, and <laughs> I've got my, uh, I got a picture in that one, uh, of my death. I've, apparently I was killed by the, the killer in this, uh, in the past. And it's just, I think it's going to be an incredible story too. But those are all, and I'm sorry that took forever, but those are all the ones that I'm like currently actively. Uh, working on at the moment. Yeah, now I saw, like I see you post these up on your Facebook page, and some of these are still doing fundraising for these. So if if uh, anyone yeah. wants to look you up, it's uh, Jimmy Presley on Facebook. Is that is that right, Jimmy? Yes, okay. yes, yeah, Jimmy Presley. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's P R E S S A Y, or they can look on my page, uh, the World of Indie Horror. That's a group that I started uh, with Rob Mahoney right beside me. And we have everybody posting all that stuff and many more in there. And it's a pretty active group. So the World of Indie Horror uh, or Jimmy Presley. Yeah, either one. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in that group. And it's, it is incredibly active. Um, so, yeah, if you can, if people want to go look uh, up those campaigns, I can go on there and, and then click. And you can go to the GoFundMe or, or Indiegogo. And they'll have full descriptions of, what the project is and what what's in it for you for donating um on amazon though your your books are listed under james w presley so i just wanted to make sure that anybody listening want, uh, that wants to go on amazon it, it's james w presley there or just uh, just a simple search a bloody horror uh, a bloody halloween uh and it comes right up but uh but yeah you're involved in a lot of a lot of yeah, indie I, uh... films Right, yeah, well, that, that, that's the thing. It's just like, um, I won't get into it because I've told the story on other podcasts, but, you know, it was always my dream to be involved in horror uh, somehow, uh, notably film, because, you know, from the time I was 12 to the time I was, I said 2006 before, but honestly, I, I made a movie up, uh, up in 2013 uh, with my sister and friends, and it was just the average, but you take your camera into your backyard or around the neighborhood or around the city thing nothing special but you know i've got over 50 of my own films under my belt plus i did my own uh wrestling show from 1997 2000 that i took around my neighborhood <laughs> like a jackass because <laughs> i only had partial training so i just always wanted to entertain and be a part of it 
you know, and then uh, writing just slipped up on me. It's like, what can you do from home since you're kind of stuck there? You know, and my sister's like, well, write a horror uh, book. You know, since you, the fantasy book took so long to do, just try horror while you're waiting to see how that goes. And, you know, I did. And I love all this, though. I just, it's almost, Rob told me once, uh, he's like, don't overfill your plate because it would drive you crazy. And, and about a few months ago, I did. I had, I think at one point, 11 films I was trying to help promote and some produce on higher levels than others. And, and plus try to write the two books I'm working on now. And it was like, I didn't have time for my own family and I was going crazy. So I had to like cut back and, you know, it got a little bit crazy. Oh, I was going to say, cause you know, with four kids, it's got, it's, it's got to be hard to like put that right. stuff in. I have no children. And, and I have a hard time finding finding things. Hey, I wanted to ask you, though, I mean, kind of going back to that, that era of horror, um, just kind of a fun question. Do you remember what your first horror movie was? Well, I remember um, the first horror movie. There was two, and they both scared me, and I can give you quick stories. But uh, one, of course, was Friday the 13th, the original. Um, <laughs> I remember... Um, of course, within a year, I had seen some of the other ones that had come out. I was about six or seven at this time, so I think they were probably up to Friday the 13th, part six that year. But um, I just started seeing them on cable late at night. I would sneak in there and turn on the TV, and I saw the scene where Kevin Bacon, you know, gets the arrow through the neck under the bed, and I I slept in my floor from the age of four to probably seven, <laughs> looking under the bed and keeping it clear to make sure, yeah, that she wouldn't sneak up <laughs> under there and get me too. So, I mean, it wasn't, it was Mrs. Voorhees of all people that, that scared me the most as a kid. And then, uh, the movie that tied with that was Hell Night with Linda Blair. Just, there was something about those creepy, that's the family that lived in that house still on their face has been all messed up and had the catacombs under the big mansion. Yeah. It, it just stuck with me too. And I was, and it, they scared me. Yeah. So those are the two that I can remember the, from the earliest points. Yeah. I remember, and this is a movie I wanted to ask you about cause it was an independent film way back in the day. But I remember when I was a, a kid, um, back when everybody had those VHS tapes, um, my aunt and uncle would come over and yeah. uh, they would sit with my dad and they would rent these horror films and they would come over and watch just watch stuff that, well, they kicked me out of the room because I was too young to watch some of the stuff. But um, I remember The Evil Dead. <laughs> and uh, now watching it now, yeah. you kind of get it because it's kind of it's kind of funny, too. You know, they, you can tell now they were just having a good time making this film. And but but back then when you're a kid, man, you talk about oh, yeah. scarring the hell out of you. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, what <laughs> what what your thoughts were on the original Evil Dead, and then and then I guess a few years back, Shiloh Fernandez, I think was in the remake of the yeah. Evil Dead. What what do you think of the remake? I guess yeah. compared to the original. Yeah, well, you know, the original um, as a kid. Too, it's it scared me because I just thought it was all around creepy in the little cabin in the woods. And of course, my parents told me, which I found out to be true, that it was just filmed up the highway from me uh, yeah. near Johnson City. That's that why I wanted to ask. You're, or so, <laughs> I know you're you're in East uh, Tennessee, and that's why I wanted to ask because that's where they filmed that at. I'm like, man, you're you're right down the road uh, from this <laughs> creepy place. It was, and I, well, I remember when I got to be a teenager, I kept asking my stepdad, who I mentioned earlier, I'm like, can you take me 
to where they filmed that. And we, we researched and researched, even when the internet was like brand new in 95, I guess, or 96 yeah. when AOL first came out. And we could never mm-hmm. find like a, a specific place, but we finally found out that they tore the cabin down. Uh, but I really was obsessed with, I wanted to see how those woods look felt. So it touched me so much. I, I'm, I'm probably going to get slapped for this, but I didn't like part two and I didn't like Army of Darkness at all. Like I can hardly watch them. I would rather watch the first one. So when the remake came out, I said, well, it looks like they're starting at ground zero right there at the, uh, the cabin in the woods. And it looks like it's going to be ser- more serious like the first one was. Yeah. And so I watched it and I, I didn't take my eyes off of it. I didn't. I actually really, really love the remake and I hope that they do a sequel to that. So uh, it's a really unpopular decision, but yeah, that's, that's where I stand. Yeah, the, the remake to me was, yeah, they, you know, you, you watch this one, it's, you know, it's not where just a bunch of people are having fun like the original one with all that excessive blood and everything else. This was, this was dark. This was demonic. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the effects they yeah. used to, for their, what their eyes looked like when they changed and, you know, the skin melting off from that girl in the, in the shower, just everything about it was dark. I did like how that they paid homage to the original. Because if you notice, like, the one girl in there had, like, the Michigan sweatshirt on, you know, so they were kind of paying homage to little things, little snippets from the original film, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. But, yeah, it was very dark. It was. And uh, to this day, when I watch it, 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 it kind of makes me nervous. Yeah, it, it makes me nervous, too, because I'm a <coughs> – excuse me again. I'm with allergies. I'm, I'm a, a fairly religious person, and um, – the thing about that book, a movie is uh, kind of like what they brought into the, the the original trilogy was the Book of the Dead. And so when the guy, especially when he's sitting there like reading it, and you see all the, the drawings in it that look like they're done in blood and the pentagrams and like sacrifices, that stuff that makes me nervous too. And, and possession stuff. And that one, it was like uh, it wasn't hokey. Like my my other one of my other favorite horror movies is Night of the Demons. It was almost hokey the way they did it in that. But yeah. This movie it seemed like honestly it could have been a documentary almost. And so I don't know. I, they just nailed it for me. Yeah. You know what else was another another movie that sort of made me nervous was it wasn't overly scary either. It was that it was out of the theaters maybe two or three years ago called Hereditary. And you know it wasn't like over the top yeah. scary, but the move, the concept of the movie, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody if you want to go watch it, but quite literally, a real, you know, demon, according to the demonologists, um, they were worshiping this demon in the movie and actually went through the incantation for real of how you would conjure up this demon who was one of the kings of hell. And I'm, because I went and read about it, it's like right. there's these, you know, real incantations. And I thought, well, why the hell would they glorify? Because even the music at the end, when this demon was reincarnated in this boy, they were playing this beautiful, sweet music. And I'm like, well, you know, like I'm used to the omen, you know, that dark over overtones. I'm like, this is uh this this movie was just weird. Like I, it was so weird. I I watched it, but like I, I don't like it, you know. Well, that's one of the few that I uh, <clears throat> did not finish because it was so uh, deep 
I guess, into that. Um, there, there have been movies, uh, where I'll turn them off because of that. And that was one of them I didn't even see all of. Um, the other one, until I found out that the name wasn't real, was, um, uh, the, the, the Conjuring 2. Yeah. They say the name of the demon. They say that's how you have to, to get the power over it. You have to say its name. And so at the end, uh, Lorraine Warren, the character, is like screaming it. And like, I would fast forward through that. And I was thinking, oh, you don't need to be screaming that. And it's in my house being screamed. And luckily I've started researching. I know sometimes that they change or make stuff up. So that's, that's okay. But yeah, yeah, I think think it's something real or it moves me or scares me. I'm done. Now, James Woods was in a a movie back in the nineties about a vampire. He was on a vampire. He was, they're vampire hunters. And, um, the name of the movie escapes right. me, but um, anyway, yeah, that was the name of the master vampire too, and that. So that movie, that that name has been recycled over a lot of cheesy horror for since the seventies. Oh yeah, so they've yeah. used they've used that I didn't name even a think lot. About that. Yeah, so that's been recycled a lot since the seventies. Now, whether right. it's something that's a real name according to demonologists, yeah. I, I have no idea. I, um, as a matter of fact, I've asked. Um, a couple of different uh, ghost hunting groups, uh, if they would uh, want to come on and talk on the podcast, and then they always say yes, and then, then they never get back with me. And I, you know, and I was at one point wondering why, and I think I've realized why. They maybe have listened to some of the shows and like, and then realized I just at one point in one of these shows, I, I said to a, a woman who was um, a medium, and she was talking about these ghost hunting shows, and it's like, yeah, and I said, you know, people need to be careful what they do because. You go looking for something, something's going to find you, you know, and, um, you know, that, uh, you know, these folks are very, um, if there was any, you know, spirits of the undead that were resting and to go in and just gin them up, you know, and piss them off, like how disrespectful could you be? You know what I mean? And, and, uh. Anyway, that was just my take on it. Maybe they heard that, and every every time I ask one of them, they they say yes, and then before I know it, they back out. So I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd have a million questions for them. I, I agree. Um, I, I'm a healthy skeptic, but you know, I, I, did, I have an open yeah. mind. But yeah. Well, that was uh, what I was going to say. Is I have uh, many reasons to know. Not just to believe it, just because I was taught to, but to know that that's something you just don't do. Um, and I've got uh, some friends that are in that field, and some are like very serious, not into the TV or media thing. They just really only want to help people, you know. And then some are really into the TV and the podcast and all that. So they seem to be like this really two different groups. But um, I, everything you said in that, and I'm glad that they agreed with on the air. Uh, was that, you know, yeah, you don't want to mess around because I, I, oh man, I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you before, look. you know, and I'm not going to, that, that's scary. That's why those movies do that. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, people go looking for trouble, they'll find it. Um, I, I don't think if you're playing around with dark things, dark things aren't going to hide from you. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a, a power that, that we're not supposed to understand, you know, on their plane of existence. And I believe, you know, when they cross or they step onto ours, uh, that power is still there, and we don't have that. And we're so easy uh, to manipulate and so feeble and feeble-minded 
yeah, you, you go looking for it. I mean, they're going to find you. And, um, and you've heard the end results and a ton of stories that are based on fact. And I believe it a hundred percent. You know, speaking of the evil dead, um, <laughs> I got a funny meme that was sent to me and uh, I sent it, I sent it to a couple of friends. It was that, uh, like that movie poster from the exorcist. You know, where the priest is standing underneath the light that comes out of the window. But it wasn't the priest. It was Ash from the Evil Dead. He had shotgun in one hand and a chainsaw for an arm on the other. And it said, he said, if he was, if he was there, things would have happened differently. <laughs> like, yeah, but it would have. Um, but uh, no, that's, I thought that was a pretty funny meme, kind yeah, of mixing yeah. those two. But uh, Jimmy, um, I, I certainly appreciate you sharing all yeah, this right. with us and, and uh, all that you've got going on with indie horror. Uh, before we jump off here, um, uh, tell people once again where they can uh, find you online. Yeah, you can find me on my personal page. It's just Jimmy Presley. Uh, generally, I'll I'll have all my my uh, I, I I decided to put my credits up under my occupation. So just look for uh, a producer at this or that film, <laughs> and you know you've got me or. Um, Again, the world of indie horror, that's uh, my page, and that's all we do is uh, uh, promote all the indie horror that wants to come on there. As long as we, they're legit, you know, we find out you're a scam or something, and you're, that person's going to be banned forever, and we say that right up front. So, I mean, if you're legit and you just want to make art, you know, come on in. If you want to check out art and be a part of it, come on in, you know. We welcome everybody. Yeah, and I, I think in an age of where... Hollywood is kind of, I don't know, there's maybe run out of ideas and just rehashing old things. There's a lot of creativity in indie horror. The only problem is you don't have the expertise of the filmmaking in indie horror and you don't have the funding. So somehow those two need to get married up because, um, yeah, there's so much creativity going on right now out in the indie horror scene and, and with indie writers. You know, a lot of writers who don't have book deals yeah. or don't have agents or your name's not Stephen King or Dean Koontz. And you don't have that marketing machine and name behind you, but there's so much originality out there. And I've I've met quite a few of these folks on Twitter and Facebook, and you know, folks like yourself that that uh, you know that, that never written a book, but are you know you, you have the you know the guts to, to to put it down and put it out there for people to to read and enjoy. So yeah, definitely uh, get a chance. Go check out uh, a Bloody Halloween on Amazon.com. It's on paperback and Kindle. Uh, I think the paperback's under ten dollars, right? And the Kindle's like three fifty, so it's, uh, you know, you're you're not even spending as much as you do at Starbucks. So, um, you know, if you're looking for some horror, make sure to go support indie That's authors. True. Yeah, support all the indie authors you can. Um, you know, it's I, I look at giving business to indie authors and indie indie films, kind of like not shopping at big box stores and going to the mom and pop places to keep them running. You know. Um, a lot of these indie artists, they're the ones that help define our oh, culture yeah. and who we are. And believe it or not, a lot of these indie artists get ripped off by big budget films and, and other things to, uh, and never get the, you know, the credit they deserve too. So, um, yeah, definitely support that. Hey, Jimmy, I hope you come back and do another show sometime. We'll, we got so many things in the horror genre that we could talk about. Um, but, uh, definitely come back. Yeah, I'd love to. I want to add one more thing that um, if you're into more versions of digital, I'm also uh, looking and in uh, uh, audiobooks. And so, uh, a Bloody Halloween is going to be the first one I'm putting on an audiobook, and I've already got the first actor 
uh, down that I want. Um, not a big name, but he's big in, in indie horror. So, uh, you know, th- this is another way for the people that are that don't want uh, physical things like me. I prefer physical. But if you're into digital, you got the Kindle and pretty soon uh, the uh, the audio books. So oh, I just cool. wanted to put that out there. And I appreciate coming on and talking. Yeah, any anytime, Jimmy. We'll we'll keep in touch and we'll do it again sometime. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. Believe it or not, this is episode seventy-two, and I appreciate everybody sticking with me uh, so far. The audience is growing, and I and I thank each and every one of you. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button. Uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify, and uh, it's a free show. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Share it with your friends, and I'll see you on down the road.